So uh, I've got a four-week series that I'm going to start today. Now, it, typically, at the beginning of the year, I call you to a fast. Um, some of you have probably been waiting for it. Like, oh, it's prayer and fast time. Oh, Lord, what is he going to ask us to give up? Um, first of all, you know, I never ask you to give up anything. Um, it's up between you and God. But here's the thing. I'm not calling a fast. And it's not because I just like food and I don't want to give it up. Okay, um, it's because I really feel like God is doing something different, and and there's a challenge that God, I believe, God wants to lay down at the beginning of this year that could really change your life if you allow it to. I believe anything that God does through us as a church, through the messages, are only as impactful and and effective as your faith will allow it to be. See, I could speak amazing messages and. Or, or really bad messages, and it really is dependent upon what your spirit grabs a hold of and says, I like that. There's a one word, or there's this one statement. There's this one thing that God spoke to me. It could be not even in the message. It could be in the worship where God speaks to you. So every year, the last three years, God has given me a word for the church. Uh, last year was now faith. We were going to grab a hold of now faith, and, and, and we wanted to pr- pr- provide opportunities for you guys to grow in your faith deeper than maybe you've ever been. Things like the Right Now Media, which was so uh, such a great tool that we were offered through them. Um, things like life groups through, uh, through, through some of the different messages where we, where we dug a little bit deeper. And as I prepared for this year, I was brought back to a word that actually me and Stephanie got back in January of 2022. And the word, it came through a conversation with Pastor Michael, who will be here in February. We were at his house, and um, we were sitting there talking, talking about the church, talking about life, talking about all the things that go on. And we started talking about success. And, and what does that look like? You know, what does is, what is church success look like? What does personal success look like? And one of the things that was said that was so powerful in that moment was, he, go, he, he, he told us, I stopped using the word success for my life because it allowed other people to determine whether or not what I was doing was beneficial, right? So if, if I ask you, are you successful in life, then I'm asking a predetermined script of what it means to be successful. But here's the word, effective. Are you effective? Are we going to be effective? As a church, are we going to strive to be? Uh, listen, success as a church is that we can allow a lot of other people on the outside to tell us whether we're doing good or not, whether we're doing right or not. But effectiveness cannot be defined by anybody else out there. It is defined by us and what God is doing. And so, so as a church, I don't want to be successful because I can, I can, we can create success. But it doesn't mean that I can create effectiveness. I can, I can fill a church, but does it mean that we're growing disciples? And, and, and that is really a lot of the big question. We can, you can grow a mega church without growing effective disciples. You can, you can grow a business without effectively knowing what you're doing. Trust me, it happens all the time. And then what happens is when they're not effective, they fall and they go under. And, 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 and what happens is, is that so many times we're so focused. And here's what the world does. It says, be successful, but it doesn't teach you how to be effective. And whether it's in relationships or business or anything else, we are, are told, grab success. And this year I'm telling you, let's be effective. So what does effective mean? Here's, here's the, the actual definition of effective. Producing 
a decided, decisive, or desired effect. Producing, so here's the thing. Effective is intentional. And by the way, intentional is my favorite word. Because in, intentionality means that it, there is no happenstance. There is no, well, it just, I fell into it. I, I just, it made it happen. No, I am intentionally chasing after a certain effect. I'm, I'm chasing after a product in my life. And so maybe, maybe that is health. Maybe you're like, this is the year I need to, to get back healthy. That's part of all, that's on my to-do list, okay? I'm gonna be honest, like that's on my to-do list. Get back into good, good health. For some of you, maybe it's to get a different position at your, your work. Maybe it's to get a different job. Maybe it's to build stronger relationships. Maybe it's to build a better marriage. Whatever it is, don't go into it asking, how am I successful? Go into it asking, can I be effective? And it's not semantics. This isn't like, oh, I just threw a different word out there. Because what you're saying is I'm not going to let somebody else define what my life looks like. I'm going to make a decisive, intentional decision to chase after what God is speaking into my life. Being effective has nothing to do with others or how they choose to judge your life or how you compare your life. Because that's what success does. It says, I'm not as good as, right? Think about social media. What has social media done to our whole world? It said, this is what success looks like. And if you don't reach it, you're not successful. And instead, God says, who cares what that looks like? Are you effective in being who you have been called to be? When you wake up tomorrow morning, are you going to be effective in how you treat people? And how you love your family? Are you going to be effective in, in how you make a difference in the world around you? I want to read Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. And I've read it a ton of times since the start of this church, but I believe it's so powerful. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorned in shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Over and over again, what might have looked like failures was God set up for an effective life used for the glory of God. Think about Jesus himself. He was not successful. He wasn't successful. He had three years to change the world, and he had 12 followers, and one of them turned him in. That doesn't sound like success. Matter of fact, at the end of his life, when he went to the cross, they were like, well, that was a good run. That was a great three years. And what did they do? They went back to the beach and they went fishing. Now, some of you are like, that's not a bad idea. They went, but here's what it was, is is that they followed him for three years and they were like, well, he went away. I guess we'll go back to our other jobs. Because success was defined for them a certain way. And instead of chasing effectiveness, they ran towards success And Jesus says, if you would fix your eyes on me and follow me, I'm telling you, life can look completely different. Don't just settle for what you see. Press into what God is doing. Which leads me to this new series. And today's kind of the intro to it. In the next three weeks, we're going to dive into it. Doing a series called Masterclass. Okay? And and so what it is, is, is there's this idea, this effectiveness becoming the best capable follower of Christ. How many have ever seen like those master class for barbecue? You know, you, you see them at the, on the food shows, you know, uh, follow this master class, you know, or maybe you want to be like a, uh, I don't know, some other thing. You want to be an elite 
you know, sewer or something, um, and you, 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 you pay into a master class to learn how to, you know, sew. But, and, and what they do is they, they, they take all these really great, and I've seen them for barbecue, that's the only thing I really know, um, and they have these like 12-week classes where they get, you know, people to show you how to, you know, grill um, a, a specific way, the way that they do it to, to, so that you can be the bomb at, at, your, at your house and you can invite all your friends over and be like, I learned from the best. I've learned to have had a master class. Or maybe like it's like auto mechanic, you know, they have, you know, some, of the, some people, you know, they... I use YouTube because I, I, don't, I can't afford stuff. Um, so YouTube is my master class. I'll go on there and like how to change, da, 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 da. And you find somebody who's better than you and they teach you. What about a master class for faith? What, what, about, what about leaning into what God has to say and say, God, where can I learn how to be all that you've called me to be? And here's the thing. A master class is literally just the same word as Preparation. And so we want to talk about preparation, and we also want to talk about this other word that um, it becomes an evil word in a lot of people's lives, discipline. These are the two words that I believe are, are so important through this series, and, and preparation is so important, and we lack it in so many areas of our spiritual life. If you look at it, like Deuteronomy 1 through 4, uh, Deuteronomy 1 through 4 is really the, the setup of Joshua's taking over. And over and over again, it talks about Joshua and how he was being prepared to be the leader that God had called him to be. Joshua would have never been able to take lead of the Israelite nation had he had not gone through what he'd gone through to be prepared. And so many times we want certain things. Oh, I, I want to be the leader. Oh, I want this in my life. I want to be in this relationship. I want to have this friendship. I want to be this business person. But we're not willing to do the things behind the scenes to prepare. And the Bible says that preparation leads to purpose, right? The reason why so many of us fail, myself included, when it comes to my health is because I don't want to prepare. I just want it to happen, right? Like, why can't, why can't a chef just come and cook me healthy food? Why, why, why can't, like, you know, sitting up in bed be considered a sit-up? I woke up, got my workout in, you know, I wish I could get a six pack ab by sitting on a couch. Like, listen, and it's because we're not willing to prepare that we won't have the follow through. Those that, that work with their hands for a living, whether it's mechanics, we've got some plumbers and construction workers. Could you imagine showing up on the job site, not prepared? Well, I, I came to, 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 to do this job. Why isn't everything here for me ready and laid out? Because that's your job. Well, I thought you would have the tools here for me, God. I, I thought that because I'm a child of yours that you would just have all of the stuff ready for me and all I would have to do is show up. And God says, no. There's a preparation process that gets you ready for the purpose. Paul prepped 15 years for ministry. Jesus prepped 30 years for three years of ministry. There's power in preparation. When we have to stand, we can't shortcut our way to excellence and purpose. Listen, we are a microwave ravioli people, right? It may not taste good, but it's quick. We'll go get a cup of Chef Boyardee. Woo, Chef Boyardee, I don't, Okay. But why? Because it's, it's cheap and it's easy. 
And here's the thing. We have relocated our spiritual life to cheap and easy. Because you know that when, when, when you go to an Italian restaurant, or maybe if you're blessed enough to have like real Italian cookers in your family, I've got Italian people in my family, but they're not like real Italian cookers. Um, I, I wish that got passed down through somewhere. Maybe there's like a recipe somewhere that we can, you know, figure out. Get on that, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you, when you get that, when you've had real Italian food, there is no substitute. When, when you've had that, that, that real, like when the noodles have been made at home, when the sauce has been made at home. My dad, every, every about every 10 years, makes uh, my grandma's uh, sausage and, and meatball spaghetti, and it's just killer. And it's probably really simple to make, and, and, and he just needs to prepare more. Um, but uh, we, we don't get it all that often. Um, <laughs> my family knows. We're just going to get kicked under the bus every now and then. Um, but here's the thing. We'll complain about cheap and easy, but we'll always run back to it. And it's the same thing with our spiritual life. We'll complain about where we're not, but we're not willing to prepare to get there. Oh, man, I just, I don't understand why, why this happens. I don't understand why my faith isn't stronger. And the question becomes, are you preparing? Are you praying? Are, are you in his word? Are, are you around like-minded people? Because one of the biggest things as far as our faith goes is, is that we, we complain about oh, all the negativeness and all this and all that. And, and, well, okay, well, are you putting yourself in a prepared place of positivity around people that know Jesus and love Jesus to encourage and to equip and to build you up? Because if not, that's part of the problem is that we're not preparing our lives and then we get to the end of the year and we're like, oh, this year sucked as well. Why? Because we haven't prepared. So, over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about preparation and discipline. The most common strength we find in people who live out excellence is discipline. Look at anybody in life that is, that is effective in their area. They prepare, and they have discipline. You may not like him, Elon Musk. I mean, he'll sit there and be like, I work harder than anybody else in the jobs that I do. And, he, and, and here's the thing, because he prepares that way, he expects other people to do it. And, and, and you, you, I'm not saying I like him or don't like him. I'm just saying, like, I've read about him. Like, he lives, eats, and breathes what he is effective at. Could you imagine if your faith was prepared that way? You know, we sing about it, like, break down the walls of my tradition, break down the walls of my religion. Like, God, I want you to shake all this up, but do you really want that? Because if you did, you've got to prepare like you want that. I think of how many times I've missed kingdom opportunities because I was physically tired. How many times have you come to church just tired and you're just like, I'm here because I need to be, not because I want to be. Because you're physically, you miss opportunities because you're tired and all you can think about is I just need to get home. And so even though God's word is sitting there at Walmart and going, go talk to this person. You're like, no, duck my head and run. Mm-hmm. Or, or Super One or the gas station. Listen, there's only so many places in Camden. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and sometimes God's like, go and talk to them. And they're like, you're at your work. And they're like, go and talk to them. We're like, I don't want to talk to nobody. Why? Because we're tired. Physically, we're tired. Spiritually, we're tired and we're stagnant. And we miss God's purpose because we're spiritually inconsistent. 
I would say the biggest problem with most Christians is that we're spiritually inconsistent. We have really, really, really good days, and we have really, 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 really bad days. And God says, I want you to have consistency. Like, you're going to have the ups and downs, but is your life consistent? It's kind of like what we were talking about, right? Busy versus steady. And God's saying, I want you to have a steady, consistent life in your walk. I don't want you to feel manic and, and, and all over the place. I don't want you to have these amazing spiritual moments that just lead to extremely lows because you're not prepared. The word discipline means this, to acquire knowledge or skill and to establish consistency. You could have knowledge, but if you don't use it, what good is it? Right? If you're in any trade, you could, you could have all the knowledge in the world. But if you don't use it, what good is it? Right? And I, and I look at some of you, you know, the plumbers, the, the mechanics, the, the, the different, like, you know, I think of, of Mob Scene, and they're a great local uh, car group. And, 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 and I love talking with Brian and, and Jake about all, all the stuff that they're doing there. And, and, and they're getting ready, actually, in March, I believe, to uh, start doing drag racing. And, and we're super stoked for that. Because you imagine if they got the car ready, they prepped it all, and then they said, never mind. We just wanted it to look pretty. They prepared. They got all the knowledge in the world to make it go fast and to win races, but they sit on the sideline. And so much of our life is God saying, I have prepared you for greatness. I have prepared you for a different life. I have prepared you to be effective in the world that I have placed you in. So stop sitting on the sideline just looking good. I've got a purpose for you. Could you imagine if they only every now and then started the car up just to sound good? So listen to our car. Listen to how, uh, how awesome it sounds. Listen to how powerful it sounds. How fast does it go? I don't know. We've never raced it. Could you imagine that? You, and listen, you we're sitting here, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to harp on you. I'm not trying to, to, to be mean or anything, but, but it's, it's so many times with Christians that we go, oh, I believe in God's miracles. Oh, I believe in God's greatness. Oh, I believe in God's goodness, but we're not effective because we're afraid to step out in faith and do what God has called us to do. John, will you pray for me? Oh, I'm not the prayer. Oh, we, oh Morgan, pray for me. Mm. I'm not a life group leader. Hey, 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 I saw them in the store and I I stopped and we were talking about life and and I say, I pray for them. What about just stopping and praying for them in front of people? See, effectiveness says my world is for God to use. And it's not just revolved around a Sunday or a Wednesday night service. It's it's God, use me. I I want to make the most of my life and be effective in everything that I do. Truthfully, one of the more overlooked things is discipline. Jesus was consistent in prayer time. Paul was committed to evangelism and planned like crazy. Luke was an academic and a physician. David was a skilled musician and a laborer. I think of fathers of the faith like Smith Wigglesworth and A.W. Tozer and Charles Finney and Billy Graham. All of these men uh, and, 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 and countless women as well in, in faith that, listen, they weren't anything special. They like, and, and you may be going, That's, you can't say that. Do you know what Billy Graham did? Yes, I do, but he wasn't special. He was just willing to be used. That's it. He was prepared for whenever God would put him in place to be spoke. Hey, go and, go and tell people of my goodness. How many of you have a story? You, you lived, you have a story. You, how many love Jesus? 
right? Okay, <laughs> like, okay, so if you love Jesus and you have a story, it's that simple. Let's not make Christianity harder than it needs to be, right? I don't, I, I, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't talk about theology, Pastor Scott. Okay, cool. Do you talk about Jesus? I don't need you to break down like, the Trinity for people. I don't need you to, to talk about the, the connection between the Old Testament and New Testament and the Greek. And he, I don't, you don't need to do any of that. Can you tell people your story and how Jesus has changed your life? If you can do that, you can be the most effective Christian you've ever known. So these two things, these two statements, and, and I've a couple of thoughts in like seven minutes. I'm gonna try to do this in seven minutes, starting in five minutes. No, I'm just playing. These two statements, listen, God's call always requires preparation. Well, I'm not called. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, so we have to get this out of our head that calling means pastor or worship leader or kids ministry or youth ministry or, or anything like that. The moment you come to Jesus and you say, I want to choose to follow you. I want to live like you have asked me to live. I want to change my life for you. You've got, you, God has called you into his kingdom and he says you have a place. There's no Couch surfing in God's kingdom. There's no, listen, some of my dad just retired. There's no retirement in God's kingdom. What? No. And listen, we don't want to retire in God's kingdom. Because we're actively living out our faith everywhere we go that we, we make the decision, man, if I'm, just, if I'm just out and about and I see somebody and they're talking about how bad life has gotten this week, how hard is it to stop and say, man, let me pray for you? Well, but Pastor Scott, what if my prayer doesn't change things? That's not your job. Your job is to be faithful in prayer. Your job is to be faithful in being there for your brother and sister. Your job is to just be effective for the kingdom. Your job is not to play God. So when Rodney comes and says, man, I've had a really bad day, I cannot pray to change God's will. If God's will is for him to walk through that because maybe he's, he needs to learn a lesson, maybe God's doing something in him, then that's part of the prayer. God... Give him wisdom in this. I'm telling you, when we start to be effective in God's kingdom, and stop thinking about, well, I, what, if I, what, if I, what if I pray the wrong words? Who cares? Moses had a stuttering issue, and yet he chose to lead, he chose him to lead all of Israel. So, so there's, listen, can I say this? There's no excuse that you have that God can't use. God calls, God's call always requires preparation. And preparation, this is the other statement, preparation requires consistency and discipline. It, it, takes, it takes time. Well, you're not going to get it done in one day. Listen, you're not going to become super Christian, like, in one day. It's a lifetime. It's, it's, it's grinding away, and it's, and it's consistently doing the same thing over and over again. We're looking for miracles, and God's looking for mundane consistency. And isn't this the, the thing that in our world we have been told to, to seek excitement? Oh, if, 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 if the relationship isn't exciting anymore, just get rid of it. If the job sucks, get rid of it. It's not fun anymore. No. I'm consistent. And being consistent breeds preparation, and preparation brings God's purpose. You can fall in and out of a feeling, but you can't fall in and out of God's purpose. It's always there if we're prepared for it. So I'm going to skip through, uh, I'm going to skip through a few scriptures that I had in here. And I want to read just the last one, Matthew 25, 14 through 28. 
And this is one we've heard, I've preached before, but it has such a great purpose in this beginning of the year. Matthew 25, 14 through 28 says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in, dividing it in portion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. And after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you have given me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, and ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who, with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. See, this parable is centered around the idea that we're called to effort, work, and discipline. But here's the thing. It's not for work and discipline's sake. God calls us to a work ethic and a work mindset spiritually to prepare for what God wants to do in our lives. But I don't have to work for his love. I don't have to work for salvation. I don't have to work for, for God's goodness to be in my life. Like he gives that freely. So, so it's not like, oh man, I have to be a good person every single day in order for God to love me. No. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have off days. God's love is still there. It's the consistency to prepare and to have a mindset of growth that God is speaking. Kingdom growth is clearly valuable to God. In other translations, it says, uh, in this one it says bag of gold, but in most of them it says this, that he was given talents. So why the word talent originally? Why the word talent was used? And it's such a great uh, uh, illustration because a talent is a high-value unit of currency. It's a high value. So one talent actually was, it wasn't like the, it wasn't like he just pulled out a $5 reel and said, hey, John, here's five bucks, invest it well. It, 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 the, the, the master was handing out big amounts of money and saying, I want you, I value you as my worker. I value you as somebody in my life. And I trust what I have to go and do something with it. So as I end, I want to end with two questions. These questions that the parable kind of leads to. And the first question that I have for you is this. Will you do what it takes to build 
that which God declares as valuable? Will you do what it takes to build that which God declares as valuable? Let me put a pause there and tell you this. The first and foremost is that you're valuable. God's value is in people. That's why he sent Jesus, right? He sent Jesus to the cross so that we who are far from God could be near to God without having to go through, jump through hoops, without having to to do anything to earn God's love and to earn God's purpose and to earn God's value. He values you. And the second question is this. Will you be a builder or a barrier this year? Will you be a builder or a barrier this year? I want you to be a builder individually in your own life, and I want you to be a builder as the church. Because builders look for ways to invest. Builders look for ways to make a difference in people's life. Builders are constantly looking and preparing and saying, God, what would this year? Listen, it's not about a New Year's resolution because we all know in two weeks we're all going to be eating out of Blue Bell ice cream if it's a resolution, okay? <laughs> because if there's a plan B, we're going to take it. If you have an exit strategy, you will take it. But when there is no plan B, when there is no other option, I'm going to be a builder. I'm not going to allow the world to tell me who I am. I'm not going to allow the world to define success. I'm not going to allow the world to tell me what it means to be valued and put a, a, a price on my life that they don't have the capability of doing only God does. So what will it take for you to build? Physical and spiritual consistency. And this is... Um, this is where the, the end of my message, I want you to understand that spiritual life is very much tied into physical. Think about the, the, the most spiritually consistent times of your life. Was the rest of your life in line with it as well? Were you physically healthier? Was your mind sharper? See, the problem is, is that God doesn't just call you to spiritual health. He calls you to health, overall health. Now, that doesn't mean a bunch of people walking around with six-pack abs and, and like, you know, just, yo, what's up? I love Jesus. I'm buff. Like, no. Okay? If that's you, cool. Like, I, I look at Blake all the time. I'm like, man, in my dreams, I look like that. You know? I'm never going to get, I'm, listen, I'm almost 40. It's, I'm never going to happen. Never going to happen again. I miss those days in my 20s, okay? But it does, it, does it mean that I can't be physically healthy? I had to chase a guy the other day. <laughs> Did not want to do it. I'm on one side of the field, and he's just walking away. And I'm like, hey, you, stop, please. Like, hoping that works. He just keeps walking. Oh, God. Stop. Okay, my voice is not working. So I take off running, right? I'm like, and one of the other officers, he's like, he's like, he didn't know what happened. All he knows is I'm running through the field. And can I tell you, I felt like a freaking elephant running through a field. Like, I was like, Karoko, like, that's how, this is how I felt running. I know that's not how I look, because he was like, man, you were moving. I'm like, well, I'm glad I look like I was moving, because in my head, I was like carrying 20-pound weights on my ankle. Like, I'm just hoping that I don't get to the guy and like, stop, please, for the love of God, stop. You know, I can, I can, I can fake it until I pass out, um, 
But, you know, he comes around the corner. Thankfully, the other officers were there. They kind of cut him off, and he cut back towards me, and I cut him off there and, and did my job with, in, with still breath in my lungs. But can I tell you that I was, I'm able to do my job better. I'm, I'm better to be a better father and a better husband when I'm physically in shape. How many, how many oh, man, I would, I would love to go here, but I just don't feel like it. See, your physical capabilities determine a lot of what we do and in including your spiritual life. I want to be a builder, but I've got to be consistent this year. I've got to be consistent in my word. I've got to be consistent in prayer, but I've also be got, to, got to be consistent in what I eat and, and, and the activities that I do in my life, and I've got to stay sharp all the way around. See, Matthew 25 assumes in the text that the master's work is spiritual, but we overlook that the master's work is also physical. This was primarily an agriculture and farming community when you look at Matthew 25, and the development of crops and livestock are some of the most physically demanding work there is. Anybody ever like worked on a ranch even for like a day? You know. Like, listen, growing up, we had like chickens and two goats. We were not farmers. But even just having chickens and a pig named Bacon. Oh, wait, is that his name? Bam. Bacon. Same thing. Okay? Stephanie wants a a pig. I said, only if you name him bacon or pork chop or dinner, whatever you want to call it. But it's hard work. It's hard work to tend the field. It's hard work to, to work that way, to develop. One talent, I want you to understand what one talent would do. One talent would have had the buying power to acquire 187 acres. So the one guy who was given one talent had the buying power of 187 acres. And he was so afraid of preparation and so afraid of doing something wrong that he just buried it. How many times in our life God says, I've got more for you. And you go, no, not me. I want you to make a difference in this world that you're living in. Mm, I'm scared. What if I fail? What, What if I'm not as successful You know, one of the worst things that I can do as a pastor is I can go home and I can get on Instagram to post something for the church and then I start looking at other churches and I go, oh, we suck. (laughs) We're not like this church. And God says, no, 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 no. Success isn't comparison and what some other church and what some other city is doing is are you being effective in reaching people for the cause of Christ where I have called you to be? And, And it folds back on you as well. Are you effective in the job that you're doing and living the life that I've called you where you're called to? But I'm just a, no. You don't understand. I wasn't called to ministry. Yes, you were. Every single last one of you. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore into all the world. It does not say pastors go into the world. It does not say missionaries go into the world. Now, it doesn't say, Kendall, pack everything you have. And Austin's like, whoa, whoa, easy there. We're, we're, we just, no, we're not packing up anything, okay? Go into Africa. And, and no, that may not be her calling. But it does say, go into there, therefore into all the world. Well, what is your world? Is it Ford dealership? That every person that she comes in contact with, she is showing the love of Christ every time somebody walks in. And they go, what is different with you? Jesus, you should meet him. Every time they walk into Southern Pipe, Man, there's, there's just something about you. Yeah, I've been, I've been consistently getting close to God, and, and it's showing through just how I say hi. 
showing in my relationship. It's showing in my friend groups. It's showing in my life. Listen, you don't have to make a million dollars for your life to change. All it takes is for you to get close to God and be effective in the will. And listen, this guy with, a, with the buying power of 187 acres said, I'm too scared to do anything with it, so I'd bury it. And I would, listen, the worst thing you can do in your life is get to the end of your life and say, God, I wanted so badly to do everything that you have called and asked me to do, but I was scared, so I buried my talent. And I buried my purpose. And I buried the will and everything that you had for me. And I just got through life instead of actually asking you to make a difference in me. You know, the crazy part is they had no, they had to create their own plan. They didn't, they weren't given a plan. Zero. It was literally, here's some money, Rodney. When I come back, better have something for me. That's scary. Could you imagine Somebody walking up and giving you $500,000 and saying, when I get back, there better be something more than $500,000 in your hand to give me. <laughs> nope. Oh, by the way, here's no plan. I'm not going to give you the drawn out plan. Some of you are waiting for God to draw the plan out. And he's saying, if you would just get with me, if you would just be consistent, and if you would just be effective, I'm going to show you. The Bible says, I, that he is the light to our path. He did not say he's going to light up the path. And there is a difference. He said, I'm going to light the path. I'm going to give you one step at a time. So today, it may be get up and pray. Got up and prayed. Tomorrow, it may be, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to talk about me uh, with this coworker. Okay, I'm going to do that. Not knowing that five steps down the road, he's going to ask something really big of you, but because he's lighting your path, he's building your faith. Hey, I want you to give up saying these words. Okay. Hey, I want you to give up, uh, uh, up this, this addiction. Okay. One thing at a time. One, one step at a time, one light at a time. Listen, we are trying to be something far greater, 50 steps away. And he's saying, I'm trying to light your path and make you effective. So that way, when you get to step 50, you're there. But don't try to be there before you're not. And that's the problem is with effectiveness and success. Success, we're trying to chase something. Effectiveness says one step at a time, one growth at a time, one moment at a time. I'm going to skip a lot of what I have to say, and I'm going to end with this. My last point was, is this, don't maintain. Don't maintain. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> maintaining is good. No, maintaining is, it's not. I want you to multiply. I want to start where you're at. So I want to introduce a challenge to you as we end. That we're not going to start today. We're not going to start tomorrow. We're going to start next Sunday because I got to get it all up on the webpage so that you can all follow with me. Okay, so let this be the year of effectiveness, not success chasing. One step at a time. It doesn't have to look big to, to be bold. It, it doesn't have, to, it doesn't have to, to look like you have it all together to, to have effectiveness in your life. I'm going to give up X, Y, Z. I'm going I'm to stop speaking negativity into my life. Some of you, that's the best thing, the decision you can make. I'm going to stop being the worst person in my own life. I'm not going to let the enemy lie to me. So masterclass is simply this. I'm going to put it up on our webpage and there's going to be a sign up. By signing up, you're not committing to pay me money or anything like that. You're literally making a commitment between you and God and I'm just the, the referee. Okay. 
That's it. How cool would it be if 80% of, I would love to say 100% of our church, but 100% of the church never does anything, okay? Let's just be real. How cool would it be if a majority of the church did this challenge? And here's the challenge. It's both physically and spiritual. So there will be a challenge on the webpage, and it'll, it'll say sign up, and you'll make the commitment, and you'll fill out your name, and, and, and you'll, make the, the, you'll make the commitment. And, behind, and below it, it will have the challenge, and the challenge is this. The physical challenge is simple, okay? How many, Morgan's been doing this, this crazy challenge. What is it called? The 70, 75, you finished it? I'm proud of you because I would have never done it. Um, I wouldn't have started it, okay? Uh, the 75 hard, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's 75 dumb. Um, proud of you, but I would just never, it's like you have to work out like two times a day. One of them has to be standing on your head in the daylight. Like it's weird stuff, like it's crazy. Seriously. So our challenge isn't as hard. But how many know that your physical life is, is completely connected to your mental and your spiritual health? It is. So to challenge you spiritually for the year would be really bad if I didn't say, hey, listen, I want our whole, the Bible says that our whole life is God's, not just our spiritual life, our whole life. And so we're going to do a physical challenge, which is this, 30 minutes of activity a day. That's easy. I'm not even going to tell you what the activity has to be. Now, it can't be watching TV, physical activity. Let's, let's define this a little bit more. Some of you are like, I, I sleep 30 minutes a day easily. Like, no, 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 no. Physical activity. Go on a walk. Listen to me. Hear, hear, the, hear, the, hear, me, hear this out for this challenge. What if your goal is to have a, a stronger relationship with your spouse or the person you're in a relationship with? Don't you think 30 minutes a day walking with them, talking with them could actually absolutely build that? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Bill's over here acting a fool. Um, <laughs> but when you've been married as long as you know, maybe 30 minutes of walking may end up with one of them walking back. Um, listen. <laughs> what if you stop thinking so grand, oh, I got to work out two hours a day. No, I'm just going to get active at first. I've actually, you know, I'm I, I picking on Morgan and her 75 hour. I'm actually really proud. Of, I, I saw her. On rainy days, she'd be out there in her rain jacket. I actually saw her one day. With, uh, her and a friend were walking in rain jackets. That's, listen, that is discipline and that is preparation. Because it would have been really easy. And I'll tell you what I would have done. It's, oh, it's sprinkling. It looks like it's going to rain. <laughs> Forget that. She's out there in a raincoat, walking, getting her activity in. And if you don't think that her, her, her mental state and her spiritual state isn't growing because she's physically getting stronger, absolutely I do. So 30 minutes of physical activity, okay? We're also going to look at how we eat. Now here's uh, my, my buddy who started this. He was like very particular about what he asked his church to do. I'm not. Because <laughs> he was like, no sugar. I'm like, gah. <laughs> I'm out, <laughs> okay? But what if, as a church and as a, as a body and as a people, we said, you know what? We're going to be intentional with how we eat. We're gonna be effective with how, it doesn't mean that you don't have some ice cream every now and then, but instead of sitting down with the whole gallon of Bluebell or half gallon, however they sell it, you sit down with the little pint and you share it. That sounds like a struggle for me. It's the sharing part, <laughs> okay? What if, Every main meal that you had, you, you made sure that there was something green in it. <laughs> what, 
What if, listen, and here's the challenge, here's a really hard challenge. Watch your processed sugar. Watch what you're eating. Watch what you're eating when you're not really hungry, but you're just snacky and you're and you're sitting. So, so, so these things are going to be on the website. The, the, the challenge of physical, which is physically and, and, and what we're eating, our health. Watch what we're drinking. Don't just drink stuff to drink stuff. That's my challenge. I need to, like, I constantly need, like, liquid, and, and I hate water. Hate it. Like, it's tasteless. It's nasty. It's stupid. Okay? Um, but I do. I'll drink it because it's healthy for me. And when I'm physically fit, doesn't mean, like, completely 100% in shape. Physically fit. My mindset, my mentality, and my spiritual life grows. Now, spiritually, here's what we're going to do. Is there's going to be a challenge on there. And, and here's really simple things. Can you pray for 10 minutes a day? Can you talk with God for 10 minutes a day? Can you spend another 10 minutes in his word or listening to, the, to, to somebody speak audible books? If you don't like to read, get the Bible and get it in a voice that you like. I'm sure there's like, a, 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 uh, what's the... Who's the guy from Marvel uh, that Dr. The, the main guy? Not Dr. Strange, the, the, the black dude. Come on, help me out here. Nick Fury, there we go. Get the Bible in his voice. That would be awesome. You know? Samuel, they were thinking, I couldn't think of his name for some reason. I want Samuel L. Jackson to read me the Bible. That would be awesome. But listen, if you can't, if, if reading is, is a challenge, like because your mind goes a thousand, get audiobooks. 10 minutes of prayer, 10 minutes of, of time in, 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 in God's word. And then we're going to have posted devotions that we do together through you, uh, the YouVersion app. Okay, so the, the Bible app. And, and, and they'll all be linked on there. So it's not like, oh, I don't know how to get on there. Listen, if you hit the link, it's going to take you to it. We'll make it as simple as we possibly can for you to grow. Our, our goal is not to make Christianity hard. It is to make it effective. It isn't to make, it, make you become something or, or to be harder than something that, that you can't. It is to be effective. If, all, if my job as a leader is to make you an effective believer of Christ, then I've got to make sure that I'm giving you every tool possible and making it as simple as possible because that's what Jesus did. He made it simple. So let's go after it this year and let's stop thinking success. Let's stop thinking super Christianity. Listen, you got a whole life ahead of you to be effective and change the world. Let's just start now. Start with you, right where you're at. Let's pray. I've way longer than I wanted it to be today. If you got nothing else out of today, I hope that you got this. I'm going to be effective this year. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to grab some discipline this year. I don't, I don't need to, to have amazing God, big plans. If God gives you those plans, that's one thing. But don't try to create something that God isn't trying to give you yet. But let's start where we're at. I'm done maintaining. I'm ready to multiply. I'm ready to, to do all that God is willing and wanting to do in my life. And if that's one little baby step at a time, God, today I'm going to speak positive th- things. God, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to stop cussing. God, there's these things that have held on to my life and, and, and then today I'm going to make the choice to, to not run after them anymore. God, you know the hearts of every person and even what they're thinking right now, of the, th- of the things that they need to be challenged in. God, I pray that you would encourage them and challenge them right where they're at. 
God, don't let them, don't let them just get off easy. God, continue to speak it. God, whether they try to run from it today, maybe it's a week from now, you say, hey, remember, remember when I, I challenged you not to do this or to do this, that you would continually speak to them. God, I pray as a church that we would rise up and we would we accept the challenge of the master class, the physical challenge of being active, the physical challenge of, of watching what we intake into our bodies, that our mind and our lives and our physical lives and our spiritual lives would line up in health this year and that we would become an effective individual for you and therefore becoming an amazingly impactful, effective church for you here in Camden. God, I pray for lives to change, for salvation to happen through, the, through, through just this simple process of us wanting to look like you. We would chase after your heart and your will and your purpose. And that discipline would be the road and effective would be the goal. I thank you and I, I praise you for 2023 and all that you've got for us. And all of God's people said, amen. 